Alright folks, with the download button on Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch uh, all of our old shows at uh, survivalinfo.org. That's the, the website. And also, folks, as well, you can catch uh, all of our shows up on uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, obviously, and uh, pretty much anywhere, uh, Spotify, Google, anywhere pretty much where, where pi- fine podcasts are available. Uh, so, folks, a lot of stuff going on today as there, kind of as there always is, but um, over the over the weekend, folks, uh, it's, uh, it really was really kind of a crazy weekend here on the homestead. Uh, we were actually uh, kind of gearing up for winter. We're having our first, uh, first winter storm here. So we are kind of gearing up for that and, and kind of working on getting getting ready for that i'm actually going to be uh, loading up i was actually loading up the wood this weekend uh, i was splitting wood and and kind of getting getting things ready i have more than enough but i uh, i've got a couple cords of, uh, in the woodshed but i just uh wanted to be prepared uh, i got all the cars filled with uh, with gas and i was gearing up for it and it looks like it's not going to be that bad it's going to be maybe three inches uh they were saying uh six and now it's down to three so uh, we're actually pretty lucky. We get a lot of snow here up in the, the uh, po- Pocono Mountains, but the uh, this particular storm is not going to hit us uh, really as hard as we thought. So uh, we're in we're in really good shape here. But uh, some other fun stuff happened this weekend as well. Um, we had to, unfortunately, uh, about a month or so ago, uh, those of you guys that have been listening for a very long time. Uh, remember Peanut the Wonder Dog? Uh, she was our, our pit bull. I had had her 14 years, uh, longer than I've actually been married to my wife. Longer than we've actually had our either one of our children. And uh, fortunately, a couple about a month or so ago, we we had to put her down. And uh, she was kind of my travel mate, my mate when I'm working on the working on the farm, uh, working on everything. She kind of went with me everywhere, and uh, I had to put her down. It's very sad. Unfortunately, she was uh, really her and I were really really close. Um, and unfortunately, just uh, she just it was just her time. And we've actually, actually over the weekend, my uh, I was I've been feeling this. Uh, not to get too personal and too emotional, but uh, I was actually really feeling. I kept going out and I kept looking for. Her. So it's just habit over 14 years of you know working out on the working on the land and going out in the woods and having her follow me. And uh, it just really was just like a void there. And uh, my wife and uh, my father. Uh, went out and uh, got me. I've wanted a bird dog for a lot of years. Uh, obviously, I would never have gotten another dog in myself. Peanut, which was fine. I mean, I wasn't like something I had, you know, I had no regrets or anything like saying. A lot of people say, well, I want this, but I got this dog right now. It wasn't anything like that. Uh, I've w- I wanted a bird dog for a couple of years now, but I was not going to bring a, a puppy in with uh, with Peanut or anything because she was uh, really good and really had her, was used to it just being her and I, and I was fine with that. Uh, but now that she, she's gone, like I said, I, I feel a void without a, a pet and uh, somebody really to hang out with me, especially when I'm outside in the field or, or working outside and doing stuff. And um, so we got that uh, we officially now have uh, a, a 22 week old beagle that my dad that my dad and my wife uh, got for me. And I was very grateful that they went and did that for me. And uh, we call him Opie. Uh, my wife and I are both big fans of uh, Sons of Anarchy. And uh, Opie is one of our favorite characters. Almost every pet we've had since we've been married is named after a, uh, a Sons of Anarchy character. We've had a Jax, we've had a Gemma, and uh, now we have an, an Opie. So, 
you know, we, we call him, we're calling him Opie, uh, the wonder dog now, um, because he, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a little bit, there's a lot of training to go on with him, but, uh, I actually have him now. Well, eventually what I'd like to do, I got to wait till I had a house broken and trained. Uh, we've been doing basic training, sit, you know, you know, sit, you know, you know, just basic stuff, sit and lay down, you know, stay, uh, you know, I haven't really taken him off the leash a whole lot. I've been doing some of that off the leash stuff already. Uh, to try him, but he's really not ready for that yet. Uh, he's he's going to be another week or two before, a couple weeks before I can even try him. Whether he's not really ready for off the leash yet, but uh, working on it, we do. You know, he's really a puller. I can see he's pulling and stuff like that. So we've we've been doing a lot of the stay tech te- uh, techniques. We've been doing a lot of the sitting. We've been doing a lot of rewarding. Uh, I've actually have a, a run out there. I was just using it for. I guess she got a run for Peanut uh, not too long ago uh, before she passed away. So I have a brand new run out there. So I've been putting him in there when I'm outside. Uh, kind of let them get used to the land a little bit. Uh, all of my property is fenced in, so I don't necessarily take him. I don't necessarily take him out too far. You know, I don't want to take him too far away where I can't get him. So I've been doing the run. I've been doing uh, on the leash a little bit, but eventually I'll, I'll get him till he's off the leash. But uh, she's gonna take some time and uh, a lot of practice. So I'm working on that right now. And you know, he's a great dog, and you know, he's he's a puppy still, so it's gonna be a lot of training. Uh, like I said, if you have, if you guys have ever trained bird dogs, I've actually done, I actually don't even have them, but I was with a friend of mine when he actually trained his. Uh, there's a lot that really goes into that. Uh, anybody that's into any bird dogs, you know that, uh, if you go out and go on the, go on the, if you I want to say, if you go out to the, um, I want to say it's the Outdoor Channel, uh, they have bird hunting there all the time, and some of those dogs can retrieve you know, like 21 birds in like a couple minutes. It's actually pretty amazing to watch, um, but I know there's a lot of training involved with that. And a friend of mine had one, and there's, like I said, there's a lot that goes into the training, and, and there's a whole uh, piece behind that. But uh, he already starts; he's already doing the pointing thing, where he's leaning forward and pointing and stuff like that. So he's he's definitely a purebred beagle. There's no doubt about it. But we've been—I kind of took him out the other day, and we we're having fun with Opie, and you know he was. He was outside a little bit. My kids really enjoy him. And, you know, we were, like I said, he, he's already doing the pointing thing. He's, he's ready. He's, I'm trying to housebreak him. He's, he's peed outside a few times already. He's also had a couple accidents inside. It's, it's a working progress. It's training. It's, you know, there's a lot with it yet. I think it's only been two days. We've only had him since a couple days ago. So, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into it, but it's doing the sit, stay, walking them, playing with them. I mean, there, there's a lot here involved. Obviously, the puppy. It's been a while since I trained a puppy, too. Uh, Peanut and I, obviously, had been together a long time, so it's been a while since I trained a pup. But uh, there's a lot that goes in. But it'll give me a little project over the winter. Um, you know, since I, I, like I said, I really wanted to take... I really was, you know, hunting season around here. Uh, we're already going to go into rifle soon, obviously. We're out of bird season at this point. Uh, maybe we'll do that come uh, springtime or something. Or maybe we even go rabbit hunting or whatever. But uh, we'll figure it out. But... He's, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of training. Usually they don't want to take bird dogs for training until maybe nine months to a year. So it's going to be some time. He's got to get housebroken yet. He's got to get trained. He's got to learn to be on the leash. He's got to learn to listen. There's a lot that has to be done by me before I can send him to uh, anybody or have a friend of mine come over uh, and train him. So uh, there's going to be some time with that. But though, any of you guys have ever seen the bird dogs, really amazing. They grab the birds and they, they retrieve for up to some of them 1,000, 1,500 feet. Uh, which is pretty amazing to watch, and and they they love it, and uh, the noses on them to find it. You know, you shoot something in, in a you know a brushy area, you know, a thousand miles away, you gotta have a damn uh, good nose, and uh, that's the reason beagles, basset hounds, 
all those kind of things are very, very... Uh, that, I mean, that's what they're made for. I mean, that, that's what they're bred for. And uh, they love it. They look forward to it, man. They, they, my, my buddy had a, had a basset hound that I swear to God, that dog lived to hunt. Uh, he would, if we, he, saw, he saw us packing up our stuff to go hunting, and he'd be ready to roll, man. He'd be jumping in the cage, ready to go with us. I mean, it, it's just they, they get used to it, and they live for it. That, that's what they enjoy. Uh, they're bred for this. And, uh, you know, so that's what we're, like I said, so I'll be, I'll be gearing Opie up to take him out eventually. Uh, like I said, right now we're just doing, uh, I have the collar for him, the training collar. I'm uh, doing a couple different things with him right now. Right now I have the, the chain collar that I put around him uh, that, uh, obviously, I, I don't believe in the spike collars. This is just a regular squeeze collar that when he hears the chain crack, he knows to sit, uh, you know, lay down, that kind of stuff. So we're working with that right now. Uh, we're working with the... Um, with the with the uh, I have one of those uh, vibrate collars uh, where if he gets uh, starts walking away or somebody that hit the button it'll vibrate him uh, to, or if he, if he starts you know chewing something we get the vibrate on it and I'll just shake it so he you know kind of get his attention and get him to stop doing it so uh, right now like I said we're really dealing with obedience right now really dealing mostly with training uh, you know basic basic five basics uh, you know of any of any puppy is gonna be sit uh, lay down uh, you know, stay, uh, all, you know, the, the basics, uh, I think it's, what was it, the basics are sit, I know the basic ones I always care about were sit, lay down, stay, uh, I know they have roll over, which is one I don't really care about them rolling over, uh, I mostly care about sit, stay, uh, and, you know, lay down, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, that's mostly what I care about, but man, he is a howler, let me tell you, he is definitely a howler, uh, it's more, you know, he, he doesn't really like being in the cage when everybody's home, uh, I'm trying to crate training him a little bit just so I get him used to being in the cage a little bit when we're at work. Uh, but he is not a huge fan of the crate right now. Like I said, there's still a lot more to do. You know, he's, again, he's a puppy. He's only 22 weeks old. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit older for a puppy. Somebody did bring that up to me today. But, uh, you know, I, I, it doesn't really matter to me. He's still a puppy. He's got a lot of life in him yet. So I'm not really worried about it. We, we did. I'm not going to lie, folks. We uh, I was looking for another dog uh, that, that last closer to the end of last weekend my wife and I had went down to the animal shelter and uh, first of all I want to say one thing for those of you that are that actually do adopt from the animal shelter uh, I didn't realize what kind of a complicated thing that was I didn't realize how many uh, you know how tough it is and all that kind of stuff people really give you a hard time with that kind of stuff Um, I didn't really realize that but uh, and I've never really adopted from a shelter except for a cat or two but uh, my wife and I were were talking about this and that and the other thing and um you know, not and I believe me, because I had a pit bull. Uh, I love pit bulls. My pit bull is great with their kids. But um, I, I'm hesitant to get a couple year old pit, uh, especially the paperwork they were handing us. They were like, "Well, these couple, you know, were this or, or the, you know, uh, were abused, or this couple have had issues with biting, and and with having a small daughter in the house and uh, and a, a one that's going to be a teen very soon." Uh, I was a little hesitant to have a dog that I didn't know and um, hadn't kind of raised and trained myself. Uh, I'm not really, I, I love pit bulls. And the other thing too, I didn't really get another pit bull. Um, you know, Peanut and I were so close and we're such good buddies. Um, I didn't want anything that would, uh, you know, at all uh, be like her and resemble her or anything. So, uh, and I, like I said, I've wanted a bird dog for a while. So it was a good fit for me. Uh, in our area, you don't really get a lot of bird dogs. You don't really get a lot of hunting dogs. Uh, in the the kennel you really don't most of these dogs are you know fairly you know they're they're most it's mostly i'll be honest with you, it's mostly pit bulls rottweilers and boxers were what we found we went to two different shelters 
I have said to my wife, this isn't working out. Maybe I'm just going to wait on a dog, you know. And then, lo and behold, um, no, my, fa- my wife and my dad all surprised me with this. And I can't thank them either one of them enough. Uh, really, like I said, I really was, was needing a pet. And, you know, it's unbelievable, like I said, how, how great, you know, you know, you know, it's just unbelievable how you know. And any, like anybody, any of you that adopt from a shelter, uh, if you can, these dogs in these homes, there's so many of them, and you know, it, it's really, it, they people really need, you know, they, they really need homes. And if you can do it, we can, because uh, of our current living situation. Maybe in you know years in the road when the kids are out of the house, we might. Um, but you know, really, we really could use, uh, you know, any of you that can adopt. We really, you know, it's it's really a great thing to do. Uh, also, folks, I do want to point out. By the way, I forgot to mention at the beginning. Uh, if you want to go ahead and support the show and support what what the uh, the work we do on the website and all that, uh, if you can go over to uh, survivalinfo.org. Uh, on there, you see an Amazon link. If you click on that and shop, uh, we actually do get a small commission for it. Uh, like I said, we really don't. You know, we, it's not going to cost no cost to you. Amazon gives us a commission for the clicks. So go ahead and click, and then go and shop. Also, too, on our site, if you click on survival gear. Uh, I click on there. It's all stuff I've actually used and tested. Uh, if you buy something from there, we get a little commission. And then two, uh, my my site uh, techgeekdeals.com. Again, techgeekdeals.com uh, is a list of all tech stuff I've tested and done and used and all that. And again, techgeekdeals.com. Go there and uh, you get the affiliate link and all that. And anything you buy from there, we get a little commission on. It's no cost to you as the consumer. Uh, Amazon has to pay us the commission though for referring you for those goods. Uh, like I said, I really do appreciate it. And again, like I said, it's uh, like I said, it's it's survivalinfo.org is the site, our site, and you can find all the old podcast episodes on there and all that kind of stuff. But also too, um, you know, when you're on there, you can also too, like I said, if you click on there and go shopping, uh, like I said, we do make some money on it. And the gear shop is all stuff I have actually tested. Uh, over the weekend, I was actually posted uh, a product I thought was kind of neat. Uh, they come these little hockey, tiny little hot. They're, they're like size of like a silver dollar. Uh, they come a little smaller, but uh, if you actually dip them in water, they actually expand, and they're like a nylon material, and you can actually use them when you're hunting and in the woods. I have actually used them myself, which is why I'm recommending them. Uh, they're stronger than toilet paper. They're a big space saver. Uh, if you don't want one wet, you need to dry per se. Uh, you can actually pull it apart to dry. But either way, I find the material. A lot tougher than toilet paper. You can even use it if you want it as a dressing uh, for, you know, med kit if you had to in a rush or a pinch, um, something like that. Uh, you know, like I said, it really is. Uh, you know, like I said, it really, it really, like I said, I really like these things. They work really well. Uh, you can find them on the site. They're on the homepage right now because I just reviewed them over the weekend. But uh, like I said, if you open them up, like I said, you can use them as dry. You can use them, dip them wet. Uh, I actually one time I used one for a baby wipe when I didn't have for some reason the wipes were dried out. Uh, so I just kind of you dip one of them and wet. You know, I probably could have just moistened the baby wipe. But either way, I used one of them one time to try them. I mean, they they do seem to work really well, and you can fold them over a bunch of times and get a good use out of them. Uh, like I said, uh, that you know they are biodegradable. So if you if you use one, you got to bury it in the woods. It'll break down in at least a year or so. They're very green. The company. So. Uh, but I find them really good. I've actually used them a couple times in the bush. Uh, I use them when I go hunting, stuff like that. I've had a good time with them. So, uh, again, that's what, like I said, you can find all that at flightsurvivalinfo.org. Uh, but uh, so that's what's going on, what's been going on as far as uh, kind of going on. Uh, I do want to point out a couple things, folks. Um, over the weekend, uh, if you were watching the news at all, you would see that, I guess, Jimmy Kimmel and Kristen Bell, because Frozen 2 is coming out, 
uh, right around Thanksgiving time are uh, being boycotted, I guess, or people are picketing them. Because uh, the guys that are picking the, I guess, so Kristen Bell and and Jimmy Kimmel are, I guess, pro-vaccine. And I guess, you know, they were saying that uh, this is kind of so. It's an interesting story here from Read It To. So I guess Kristen Bell and and, and I guess Jimmy Kimmel are pro-vaccine, and they are, I guess, they're good friends. And I guess people were picketing uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show and trying to keep people from getting in. And a couple people snuck into the crowd and were screaming out uh, derogatory things at Kristen Bell and Jimmy Kimmel, trying to make a statement during live taping. Obviously, they were escorted out and all that. But I guess they were picketing in front and all that. Um, I would like to point out one thing, folks. And the reason why I bring this up, folks, is, um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pro-vaccinating my children. Um, I had a friend of mine who uh, actually got uh, his, his son. In. He was not a pro. He was just not a vaccinator, and I believe his son got meningitis, and his son actually lost his hearing because of uh, because of it. And um, yeah, we, my wife and I always vaccinated our children. We've all been vaccinated. But um, long story short, uh, we had a friend of ours who didn't vaccinate, and his son got uh, meningitis and, and lost his hearing and all that, all because of just not getting a shot. And so my wife and I are, are very pro-vaccine. Uh, having a child not living with deafness over something like this really upsets me. But um, you do have kids, by the way, that are deaf from meningitis that are much older. And they're not they're not from pro-vaccine kids. I don't want to point that out. Um, they're from anti-vax people. Uh, the vaccine did not come out until the mid-90s. And you do have some kids now that are in college and stuff that are actually uh, deaf from meningitis. But it's not because they were... Uh, not vaccinated is because the vaccine didn't exist at that time. So I would like to point that out. But um, the reason why I bring this up, folks, is, you know, there is a there's a right and a wrong way to protest. Um, if you want to do a peaceful protest, that's fine. Um, you have a right, your First Amendment right. You have a right to state your opinion. And, and you know, as long as it's a peaceful protest, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to sneak into a live TV taping and start screaming stuff out during a show and now you're going to try to sue the Kimmel show for a refund because they want well I mean it tells you right if you read the, the fine print it, ain't it tells you if you interrupt the show or anything like that they have the right to kick you out without a refund all that so um, my point is folks if you really feel strongly about something uh, you know there is a right and a wrong way to protest um, just like I don't think Alex Jones is the right thing either. Uh, he was just in the news the other day. He's always in the news lately. But um, for, I guess he had a megaphone. He was at a Hillary event. And he was screaming with the megaphone for three hours and then stuff like that. And just yelling derogatory comments and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, guys, there's a right way and, and a wrong way to do things. I believe we have to stand up for ourselves. And I think we do have to stand up for our freedoms. And I do believe that we do have a right to these things to make our opinion known. That's what's great about this country. But there is a right and a wrong way to protest. And I just, driving down in an armored vehicle, screaming with a megaphone for like, I think three or four hours. I think it was like three, I think it was three or four hours. A couple other people stayed there for two more. I was like six hours they were there screaming at this megaphone. I just don't, you know, I, I know, I just, I don't know. People, I don't know. I, I think there's, like I said, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. And, and part of the other reason why I was talking about the the anti-vax people is uh, Jones 
is a, is a big one for, you know, they're putting stuff in the vaccines, they're putting stuff in the flu shots, they're putting stuff, and, and he's part of the reason that started this whole anti-vaccination thing um, that's come up over the last couple of years. It's all about, you know, they're putting stuff in it to mind control us. He's really, uh, I mean, I find his show entertaining, to be honest with you. I'm not gonna lie, I have listened to his show a couple times. Uh, I find it, enter- I do find his show somewhat entertaining at times. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't put any stock or any value in anything he really talks about, to be honest with you. I think a lot of it's just yelling and screaming and trying to sell his his products and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think, I think there are, I think there are better ways to do things and to get your point across than that. That's just me personally. But there's no denying the guy has a huge audience. So... But like I said, but the reason why I brought it up is because if you want to protest something, I'm all for protesting something. Um, but just do it properly, legally, and and in a manner that's appropriate. Um, you know, you can state your case without being, you know, with without without being. I mean, you you, you know, without being overly disruptive, without being overly, you know, it. it, it, it you, you can there's a right and a wrong way to do things. Do things the right way. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, you know, recently somebody who was upset with Google and the privacy issues handcuffed themselves to the to front door of Google and did a live periscope from there and and yelling and screaming. The police had to come and uncuff her and all that kind of stuff and take and they took her away because technically that's private property, so you're not supposed to be there. Uh, you know, it's you know do things the right way. You know, yeah, I mean you get your point across, but you get your point of, you know, when you do stuff legally, sometimes things maybe come by a little better when you, you know, no matter how, you know, I, I guess if you want to make a statement, I guess you could do it that way, but I don't know. I'm just one of those people. I'd rather do things the right way. I'd rather make my statement the right way. And this way nobody can ever hold something over my head or anything like that. And plus two, if you get it done, if sometimes if you do things the right way, you can get things done. Sometimes if you just, if you want to make a statement, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to be prepared for the consequences of making your statement. And unfortunately, that sometimes is, you know, going to be jail time or or an arrest or charges or something like that brought up against you. So um, I just wanted to bring that up, folks. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm all for everybody stating their opinion. I'm all for people doing things, stating their opinions, you know, standing up for the freedoms, standing up for all that. And I'm all for people listening. If you want to listen to the you know, and, I, and again, you know, people say to me all the time, well, you, you know, I, I, and I don't say I don't like Al Schultz. I say I don't believe everything he says. I find him incredibly entertaining. And I think he has a right. His First Amendment right allows him to do his show just like I do this podcast. Um, you know, he has his First Amendment right. He has a right to say what he does and do what he does. And that's right. I have no problem with it. That's his right. I respect his right to do that. Just like I respect your right to protest. I respect my right to do what I do. So... You know, it, it's a very, you know, it's a very, you know, but I, I just can't, I just, you know, when you're crashing a live show like that, and then you don't think there's going to be consequences for it, <laughs> sorry to tell you, there is. So, I wanted to bring that up. And, uh, you know, too, it's, uh, there's it's so much going on in the news with this impeachment stuff. It's kind of just, I mean, it's, it's monopolizing, it's really, I mean, it's, it's monopolizing the news. It really is. I mean, you can't turn on a news station without hearing about it, and it's getting a little bit ridiculous now. I like to hear something about something else going on in the world besides that. And, and that's my kind of my problem is, is right now with all this stuff about the impeachment, you almost have to dig to find something else in the news besides that. And, uh, and that's kind of kind of annoying and 
I don't know. I just don't particularly care for that. I think we should get the news. I mean, I understand it is part of the news. And by the way, folks, this is, I like to point out, this is nothing new. Um, I wanted to point this out. When, when Clinton was going through his whole impeachment thing with Monica Lewinsky, obviously we didn't have the internet. wasn't as big as it is now. But uh, I remember the 24-hour news cycle. That was, I mean, it was 24-hour news of Bill Clinton and all that. And if you remember, too, same thing happened with the OJ trial. That was 24-hour coverage of that. Uh, the court TV, I think, made their bones on that. So, I mean, it's it's nothing new, by the way, folks, People, you know, uh, of these 24-hour news cycles for this news stuff. And, and this is big news, but it's, you know, it, it's... The problem is, especially with 24-hour news, with 24 hours worth of news every day, they have to fill in stop time, and they have to please their advertisers. And the only way they're going to do that is to harp on things. And sometimes it's like, come on, really? So, uh, one thing I thought I, I do want to uh, I do want to get back to though, we were talking about the uh, the storm, and, and that, and, and I want to point out too, especially uh, in the news. We see the storms get a lot of coverage, and those are something I'm not going to really complain about. Um, I've actually talked about that before, past shows, if you look through them. Uh, if you look through our past shows, uh, I actually don't complain about constant news coverage about storms, uh, because I think people need to be informed that something's coming, and unfortunately, it's sad, but some people, a lot of people don't even know. The like, I just talked to lady today, when I, the other day, I went out and uh, I was getting my wife out of shopping, and I said to my wife, well, let's grab an extra gallon of milk in case we can't get out on Tuesday, which I pretty much assumed we would be able to, but just in case, grab a gallon of milk, you know? Grab an extra gallon. So my wife did, and somebody's like, there's a storm coming? Like, I mean, it, it again, that's why I don't have a problem with 24-hour news cycles about the weather. Like the Weather Channel, AccuWeather, all those stuff that are 24-hour weather channels. I don't really have a problem with that, because... You know, the weather is something you really ever can't control. That weather, to be honest with you, is is a major thing. It causes more damage, more disasters, and, and especially with the wildfires and stuff that were going on over in California, people really needed the 24-hour news cycle to find out what they're going to worth, what they should do, if they should evacuate, uh, if they should this, they should that. So, uh, when it comes to weather and, and and natural disasters, stuff like that, I think we do need 24-hour news cycles for because people need to be informed. We need to get information out to people as quickly and as efficiently as we possibly can for those kind of things. Uh, political impeachment stuff, round-the-clock coverage, not something I really think is overly important. Uh, I mean, I do think it's important, but it's not. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it should monopolize something. I don't think it should really monopolize news when we have people that need to be evacuated for wildfires, people that are you know that hit, get hit with hurricanes, some of that. I mean, that's that's news. That's newsworthy stuff because it involves people's safety and it involves people. That that is what a 24-hour news channel should be for, and that's why I think it's so very important. And by the way, folks, I do want to point something out that I think is kind of funny. This was actually in the news the other day. And I thought it's funny. I kept this. And by the way, it has nothing to do with... with uh, but I, I just found this kind of interesting, kind of funny. Uh, I remember the whole thing about Sharpie Gate with Trump when they were talking about how he modified the, the weather map or whatever like that. You remember all that crap. Uh, so this is kind of funny. So the National Weather Service uh, up here actually has the storm... But the, the storm is, is they're saying that the storm will be over by 7. But when you look at the Doppler radar, it's going on to 8, 9 o'clock. So now somebody has actually, on a, on a local Facebook page, actually went ahead and used a Sharpie marker and kind of joked around and kind of made a, made marks where the storm will be at a certain time because we all know it's not going to be over by 7 like the National Weather Service says it is. It's going to last probably until 9, 10 o'clock. 
But I think it's funny. Someone when I was sharpie, took a picture of it, and they, had, you know, I thought it was kind of funny, humorous. Um, I thought it was funny. But they, so that's why I have, I have, we have a, our own little lo- local sharpie gate going on here right now. But I thought it was funny. I'm like, I'm like you know, it, it, you hear stuff about, you know, for, you know obviously weather's a hard thing to predict. A lot of things can affect the weather. A lot of things can change. Obviously, storm fronts and, you know, uh, the cold fronts and, and re, you know, there's a lot of things that can go into changing the weather. So it's very important that we, uh, the weather can't change. And I'm sure the weather service will update the report, but I just thought that was kind of humorous. Personally, I thought it was funny. So, like I said, uh, a lot of things, like I said, got things going on, a lot of things to talk about today on the show. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of give you guys an update what's going on, where we're at, and, uh, you know, kind of give you an update what's going on. Because I know a couple people saw a picture of the, the dog on Facebook and Twitter and all that, and I know a couple people reached out and asked about him. And I just wanted to let you guys kind of know what's going on with it. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you very much.